Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And today we want to talk about something that is very uh, dear to my heart, you could say, because I spend (laughs) so much time thinking about it and talking about it for everyone. I mean, this is like a therapy staple, you could say. Yes. So we were thinking about having some episodes on healthy couples, healthy relationships, what they look like. What do they do? What do they look like? But this is a broad concept, and a lot has been said and written and studied and studied. Mm-hmm. There was no shortage of things you could find. So, what we'd like to do is focus on three areas of healthy couples and break those three areas down into episodes. Mm-hmm. And the very first one, these are the three, just so that you know where we're heading with this. For healthy couples, number one is to be loving. And we are going to talk about that today, what it means, what it doesn't mean. Mm -hmm. It sounds simple, but it's It's not. It's very not (laughs) So healthy couples, number one is they're loving. And so be loving. Number two is to clearly communicate, communicate, Mm -hmm. which obviously you can imagine is very important, but we want to take our time and talk about each of these with examples mm-hmm. in future episodes. And then that third one is holding boundaries, which we've already talked about. We've had several episodes on that. We will have several more. There's just so much um, that's important about that and so many nuances of it that we don't... Uh, often understand or realize when you're just under just becoming aware of the concept yep so you probably have a better understanding of boundaries now if you've gone through the episodes we put out Mm -hmm. hopefully it was helpful but healthy couples this is the goal this is what we're striving towards yes kind of like david's 2.0 you're gonna become your 2.0 self well let's talk about what it would take and what is important in getting to 2.0 in your relationship as a couple? Yeah. Your relationship 2.0, right? Yes. So, but of course, all the things we're going to talk about with each of these concepts are things that are important and are part of healthy relationship, whether that's with your spouse, whether that's with your children, friends, and uh, neighbors, any right. work relationships. This is healthy living healthy relationship uh, things, but we'd like to kind of focus a little bit on how that looks as a couple um, as well. And, and some of this may have a lot of overlap with Christian gospel principles, mm-hmm. and we may even you know refer to some of that just as a heads up, but just in, in healthy living and relating well to others, I think these are important principles. 
Mm-hmm. And so loving, I would say it's number one in a relationship. And by the way, it was the fine print when you got married. We all assume <laughs> that like, okay, well, I do love you. That's why we're getting married. But what love does, that's the book by Bob Goff, Love Does. This idea that it's not about what you think or say as much mm-hmm. as what you do. And don't feel bad about this. You may not have learned a lot about real love growing up. Yeah. And not your fault. You just may not have had a lot of good examples of real love. And there certainly aren't that many good examples societally or culturally that, you know, where you get a lot of information and what you see there, you're just not going to get a lot of really healthy stuff there either. And especially not today. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of this sort of trend where we find some bad piece of information about someone and it wrecks their career their future. They have to be fired because at some point in the past they made a tweet or they said something that could be offensive. And so now everything going forward is impacted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes that might be appropriate. I don't know if I've seen a whole lot of times where that would be, but it's just not very... Yes, where they're more doing it for legal reasons in order to protect themselves a lot of times, I think, is some of the reasons why some of those things. Or for what it looks like, you know, if you do or don't, kind of the pressure that other people put on you. So love. Let's talk about love. So there's lots of definitions, lots of poems, lots of songs. (laughs) And, you know... There's lots of languages that define it differently. We've all heard about Latin and how there's different words for love and different kinds of love. Um, Brotherly love, Mm -hmm. Philadelphia comes to mind, Mm -hmm. right? Philos and agape is the highest form. But in a relationship, how does love look and what does love do? This is kind of where we want to go. And a definition that I really like, and we've actually... Talked about talked this about before. It before. Yep. Although I can't recall the episode. And if you do, put it in the comments. And <laughs> oh, I sound like a YouTube video now. But <laughs> so my very favorite definition is M. Scott Peck from The Road Less Traveled. He mm-hmm. defined love as the will to extend oneself for one's own or another's spiritual growth. It's kind of a mouthful, but the will to extend yourself for your own best good or somebody else's best good, yeah, which is an interesting phrase. But in more of like that spiritual growth sense rather than like, oh, my best good, what's going to make me look the best or get the most money or something like that. But this idea of progression and being a whole individual and all of that. I think is where he's really going with that sense. And parenting is a good way to conceptualize some of what is and isn't very healthy. We're going to talk about that in some examples that we want to give. But the will to extend yourself, that's the idea. And it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Love by nature is sacrificial in a lot of ways because I'm giving something up for something else. Yeah. And it's almost like if you're not being stretched or challenged or pushed or it's hard, you may not be loving very much. 
It's right. an interesting concept. It can be easy to kind of hunker down behind a protective space or uncertain of, of wanting to move forward, you know, because you might not get what you need or different things like that. And, and I think that brings up the point that this willingness to extend oneself and the sacrifice also is balanced with, because it's not just love of others, Mm -hmm. it's also a love of self. Right. And so, again, like I always say, healthy living is balanced living. So balancing, it's the true love is going to be the balance of this space where you are extending yourself for others um, without completely ignoring and shoving yourself out to the side, right? Where you also have a space of love for yourself. Right. And... The issue is, and where a lot of people fall, I think, with this is that oftentimes you have one partner who might lean, right? Because when you're looking at that healthy, balanced space, that's an ideal, right? And that's where we're shooting for. But most people are going to fall to one side or the other just based on their own personality, life experiences, all of that. And oftentimes we see couples where one has fallen to one side and one has fallen to the other side. And then they've sort of even polarized because of the space where the other person is. Right. So as we're talking about this, we spent quite a long time prior to recording pulling out some of the nuances of this. And I, and at some level you have to understand where you are and what side you typically fall to because some of the examples, some of the ways we're going to talk about this are from a space of someone maybe being a little more selfish. And then some of the ways we're going to talk about it are some, some of the ways where maybe you're falling on the side of uh, not being aware enough of yourself and having that, space of uh, self-love where you're just kind of allowing yourself to be walked on or intentionally putting yourself last so that you can prove that you are a loving, caring person. You know, we, there's all these different examples. So a personal awareness of where you are is going to be critical as we discuss this, because you really can't determine where you need to go unless you understand that. Otherwise, you're going to come in here and you're going to listen to this and every single person, no matter what side they fall on, is going to get offended or think that, you know, they're not doing or we're doing a really bad (laughs) job of explaining this. but, But you just have to understand that both sides are imbalanced, right? If you were leaning on one side or the other, you're not in a balanced space. Right. So we're going to talk about things on both sides and understand where you're coming from and where you need to move to become more balanced. And the assumption certainly is that you want to be more loving. Yeah. That that is important to you. And, you know, that doesn't always fit, especially depending on what's happened recently and how someone is feeling. But we're assuming that this is something that you... Generally speaking, in your life, you want to be a more loving person, all of that. Being loving is a value that you have and you want to do better at it. So really important concept, um, real love versus what we might call counterfeit love Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. 
So you've heard the phrase unconditional love, and that, you know, kind of points to the other side of that, which would be conditional or transactional. And you think about what that means and how often we do it and not consciously even Mm -hmm. kind of a quid pro quo, this for that, this idea that I will be loving and you can fill in the blank with kind or compassionate or understanding or or respectful, respectful, a lot of synonyms with love when, when someone or or something Mm -hmm. is doing what I want them to the way I want them to do it and Mm -hmm. when, and then I can be loving. And we don't really think about how often we're doing that, at least in my experience in relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the sense of they're worth it just because kind of can get lost. Um, They become someone that we take for granted. And if we're in a relationship, then there's just certain things that, you know, they should be doing and it makes it complicated. So one of the hardest parts of this being truly loving is to see the other person as valuable no matter what. And we've talked about this concept before actually first episode Mm -hmm. where we started everything, um, that our worth is 100%. And we are not, in fact, human doings whose worth and value depends on what we do Mm -hmm. or how effective we are at fill in the blank at any given period, but that we are uh, human beings and our worth is set. We, in fact, are, are bulletproof. We're untouchable. And so... If we can see that value in the other person, it makes it a lot easier to love them. And Mm -hmm. if you think of the most loving examples in your life, people that you know love you, you just absolutely know. And there's nothing you could do that would change their love. And this may be a parent. This may be a child or a best friend. Or a deity. Or deity. Uh Mm Uh-huh. You likely have a sense that that's how they see you. They don't see you as a performance or, or, or earning or doing. They just see you for you. There, there's yes. something that they can see that often other people and yourself included, which we'll talk about, can't. Mm-hmm. And so it's implied that we hold our partner in this place of worth and value no matter what they've done. Now... That doesn't mean you're in a relationship with them no matter what they've done. And that's where clearly communicating and holding boundaries come into play. Absolutely. But you choosing to be a loving person, I tell my clients, that's sort of like your superpower. It's the best thing ever. And it's not something you will ever, ever, ever regret being is a loving person. Even if the relationship doesn't work out. Even if time passes and things are different, you'll never say, oh, I was just so loving. That was not the right way to go there. That was the worst thing. (laughs) Never, ever, ever regret it. Yes. So unconditional love versus conditional or transactional. Yeah. That strings attached is a phrase you hear a lot. Strings attached, definitely. Yeah. Like, I will love you... And then later on, whatever it is, like there's going to be something where you need yep. to to pony up or whatever. And, and you recognize, right, that those two things feel very different. 
Yes. When people love you unconditionally versus conditionally or transactionally, you can tell they're yes. not fooling you. And it it's a very different motivation for why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I sure hope in our close, intimate relationships and married, we're doing it for good reasons. And that's going to be more motivating anyway. So if yeah. you're listening to this, the gentle invitation, I say gentle, <laughs> however you receive the invitation, is to really consider how you're showing up in yeah. relationships around you, mostly in context of you know, a couple relationship, right. how you're showing up for your partner. Yeah. With an open mind, think about how you're showing up. No judgment. Now we get into mindfulness a little bit. Complete acceptance without judgment. Just be curious how you might be showing up. Yeah. There's so many ways that that can, you know, can look. And there's so many different nuances to it because it comes down to motive. And so, yeah. again, you can have these experiences where, you know, we can give an example and it can be loving or it can be not loving right. based on your motive. Based and so that's motive. where this becomes really critical that you are aware of your own self and willing to consider mm-hmm. and be curious about the potential of being in a different place than maybe you initially thought. You know? And be open to that. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the the things that we, examples even, so example, maybe a parenting example is like, I'll give you money for college, but then later on you better be spending how, the money however I think you should be spending the money. <laughs> right. And, oh, you went out to eat too much or you went to the movies too much or whatever. And then that like, well, were you being loving or were you trying right. to be conditionally managing what was going on in your child's life? And, and there's another word for that. It's being manipulative. And we talked about that too. Mm-hmm. If we're trying to control the outcome and that's the reason why we're doing what we're, yes. we're doing. So we don't want to do that as much. And that, you know, and that's something to consider because oftentimes as you're giving you may not necessarily think that you're giving conditionally, mm-hmm. right? Like I've seen that, you know, multiple times with uh, parent situations or different people that I'm working with where they don't intend, like they don't think that they're giving that way. But then when the gift isn't being used in the way that they thought it should be used or whatever, then there's this, response this upset response mm-hmm. around it and uh then you realize oh i was not acting as loving as maybe i yeah. i thought i was so sometimes we don't even catch it on the front end it's more on the back end of recognizing we have a reaction to it and saying oh okay so how do i shift that and then say you know what that was an unconditional loving space so Mm. you get to use that however you want yeah and then if there's something there where you feel like uh that things are misappropriated or whatever you can set a boundary in the future right right um and then that's where all these things work together yes love has boundaries the loving thing is 
the responsible thing. Love is accountable. So this doesn't mean yes. uh, a lot of things that we talked about in the last few sessions with being nice or yeah. um, other things like that. In fact, mm-hmm. a really good example with parenting is sometimes we're not loving because we have a need to be liked or accepted or wanted by our children. Yes. And so, for example, we often end up doing what's not best for them, but so that our relationship with them stays good in a sense. Yes. We need our child's Which love. Which isn't necessarily approval. true, right? It's not actually keeping the relationship in a good space, right? But we think that that's going to keep the relationship in a good space by not right. acting in their best interest. A classic example of this would be they are caught shoplifting and they call you from jail and they say, hey, come bail us out. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? If you don't, they're going to be really disappointed in you and not like you for a long time. So what do you do? What's the loving thing to do? Um, probably best for them to face the consequence at this level versus later on at a much greater level if they continue mm-hmm. making these kinds of decisions. So sometimes the loving thing is not going to be what they want. And as parents, I think we need to be careful to keep that in mind because it's easier to bail them out. It's easier to give your child what they're pushing, pushing, pushing for. It yes, can be easier buy me the to toy in the store. Things, yeah. But it's not really being loving. And so... It's not... Yeah, teaching them what they need to know in order to be, you know, going back to that definition that, you know, stretching themselves for, for stretching yourself for their spiritual their growth and uh, emotional growth. And if you're doing something that's not allowing them uh, to learn, then they're not going to be able to progress, right? You right. bail them out in that situation, then they haven't learned to be accountable and responsible for themselves. Or if you're buying them stuff all the time in order for them to like you and feel good and whatever, then you're not allowing them to grow, to learn how to earn their own money or to work hard or to be willing to sacrifice for something else. Maybe later down the road, they're not learning to be accountable and responsible for themselves. So there's all of these different parenting examples that are, are very easy to point out because we see it right when you have that responsibility in a different way, maybe a little bit than in a way where you have a relationship with another adult where it's a couple relationship. Those are, those become more tricky. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes. Definitely. Enabling can sometimes look like loving. And so we have to tease that out a little bit. Yes. And motive has a lot to do with this, like Sherry's talking about. Motive is important. Yeah. You can do that same thing and have it be loving or have it be very unloving based on your own personal motive. And sometimes that motive is to look like a loving person or so yes. that people will think that you're <laughs> so a loving feel person. Yeah. Yes. So that happens all the time. Right, where you're in a situation and maybe you don't set a particularly healthy boundary around something because you want the other person to realize that you're loving. So maybe in a couple, a spouse may not set a boundary 
with around some behavior that's not acceptable to them. Right. Because if I, if I don't, I just tell them that I love them and I just tell them that things are great and whatever, then over time they'll notice that I'm being loving. And so then they'll want to stop their behavior because Mm -hmm. I'm being loving. Right. Right. Um, that's, that's an easy one that we see a lot is trying to get something out of the situation, trying to get that self acceptance and support from someone else. And so we, we don't actually do the hard thing that would be to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. It is a sacrifice. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about this just a little bit, but the need to love yourself before you're able to really love others. And yeah. so hard to pull this loving thing, take your love to your spouse or your family if you're not loving you. And so you see the mm-hmm. need for your own work to believe that you are valuable no matter what, that you are more than what you've done. Yes. And that often is where a lot of work needs to be done to get to this other place of loving others. Yes. And I'm sure we could do an entire episode about how to tease that out and love yourself first. Because if you aren't loving yourself, then your needs aren't met. Your worth is at a lower space. And so your interactions become about trying to get that love, trying to fill those holes Mm -hmm. instead of it being solely about the other person and loving them. It's a, it, it has to be because you have to be in a full place. Yes. You just have, you have to, it's a need. And so if you haven't done that on your own, then you're seeking that in the other relationships you're in or in all of the relationships you're in. (laughs) Instead of in your own relationship with yourself, you're trying to fill that hole. So I've got to, that's where everything becomes transactional and conditional is because you're trying to get something that you don't have in and of yourself. Right. And you see how easy it becomes to be disappointed and unloving in your partner who is failing to meet your needs. Yes. Because you're not meeting your needs on your own. And so it's a lot easier to be discouraged, disappointed, frustrated, let down, um, because they can't ultimately fill your Mm -hmm. bucket. They contribute to the relationship bucket, but not to your personal bucket. Yes. So loving you makes a big difference in every way in a relationship Mm -hmm. and your, and then it makes a, just like what David's saying, it makes that difference in terms of the meaning that you make of the things that your partner is Mm -hmm. doing right? because you're trying to fill and, Oh, they're not filling what I need instead of seeing how they are trying to contribute to the relationship, how they're trying to do things for the relationship ends up being, well, I have this deficit And they're not feeling that. Right. Hard to love them if that's the case. So we're finding that we have a lot more to share on this and we don't want these episodes to be very long. So we're going to end right here and pick up in the next episode on more examples and this very important concept of loving. So please follow us into the next episode and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, 
please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.